Yeah, Game of Pros, we're back. Woo! Cheers. How you guys feeling tonight? What are you sipping on, birds? Feeling great. Some Coke and whiskey. <laughs> the years. I, got the, I got Taco Bell. <laughs> I only drink the crisp original Coca-Cola. Chris Everybody probably chugging vodka in that thing. It is uh, water. Coca-Cola. <laughs> Where you at? Don't be afraid. Boy, holla, Coca-Cola. I'm sure a ton of uh, people just started uh, drinking Coca-Cola. Just because of us. Just because of us. You're welcome, corporate America. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, let's jump right in. Taylor Heineke is the future of the Washington football team. Am I right? No. I don't know about that. Who needs Deshaun Watson? Well, he's a part of the future for at least two years, or is it one year and then they can pick up an option? I think, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, they have the second-year option if they choose to, to do so. So I think my biggest beef with all this, and Dennis, I know you touched on this in our chat, was this contract gets reported as a two-year, what was it, $8.75 million deal for a guy who had started one game in his life. Hey, so a game and a couple quarters almost. My apologies. He had started a few quarters. I, I rescind my prior statement that is double the experience that I had out of him. <laughs> My big question here is why is it reported at two years, 8.75 million? Because it sounds like what he's actually going to get paid and what his cap hit are likely to be are going to be significantly lower than that. And they're going to be, you know, roughly what a guy like him should be making, should be paid. Yeah, the numbers that I had were a $1 million signing bonus, $1 million next year, and then one and a half the year after that. Uh, so it's really, it's two... 3.5 uh, or 1.75 a year, but there are incentives. So if he does end up being the starter quarterback, starting quarterback, then that's what we have him for. It's going to be 2875. That seems the max that he can make if he wins every game of the season and uh, playoffs. Like it's not going to reach any, it's not going to reach anywhere near the max. It just, I mean, barring some like miracle run, run. No, I think the stipulation in the contract was that if he wins every game he starts, they rename it the Heineke Monument instead of the Washington Monument. <laughs> that's in the that's in the fine print for sure. It's it been disputed. No, they'll they'll definitely make a statue for him. <laughs> so I mean, I don't you know the fact that this deal was made. I don't think rules out the possibility that um you know the this washington football team goes for a trade on the open market maybe wentz or watson or tries to sign someone on a free agency or maybe get somebody out of the draft um worst case scenario if we do sign someone else uh then we have a backup at 1.75 million a year uh which is nothing i mean that's about what backups are paid um Case Keenum right now is making $6 million a year to back up Baker Mayfield. Uh, Chase Daniel is making, uh, I think, $4.5 million a year, $5 million a year to back up Matt Stafford. He might be a little bit more involved next year, um, but two, three, seven, five for a 
you know, what seems like a competent backup or at the very mm -hmm. least uh, a, a lottery ticket uh, is definitely not bad. It's almost like an insurance policy. Right. I'm with, uh, with Michael. Um, I think, you know, I don't think it's anything special. I think they're just trying to secure a backup. Um, and it's like, you know, like Mike said, it's right on par with other backups. Um, I still think they're going to go for a trade uh, or, you know, uh, uh, sign, sign a quarterback uh, uh, and even draft a quarterback. I think they'll also look at that as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's your new Matt Flynn. So. <laughs> oh, Matt Flynn's contract was ridiculous. <laughs> I think like I think what Ron wants is an actual quarterback competition in camp. Like he said at the end of the regular season, oh, I wish I had made um, Dwayne Haskins actually earn the starting spot. Right? He like they practically just gave him, you know, QB one status week one. There was really no competition. But I think he wants to make it different this year. What I had understood too, um, in reading an interview with Heineke, he said that Ron had mentioned that to him, that he, you know, the starting spot was not uh, guaranteed. That you know he's going to have to earn it, and Heineke's used to that. He's been doing that the last four years, his entire career, and um, I don't know, maybe he'll earn it. I like that approach. But even if they do sign somebody or trade for. Like Wentz, who let's be real, Wentz is still a question mark coming off his 2020 season. It still means that whoever the quote unquote number one guy is has to earn the job. Like Chris said, he's not coming in here just giving QB one reigns. He needs to come in here. He needs to put in the work because he is a guy sitting right behind him who's incentivized to start games. Most other QBs are just going to get paid what they get paid, and that'll be it. If Heineke can make more money by playing well, and starting more games, and he, he's going to go into camp, and he's going to—he's really going to put it forward. So, actually, I read something today that I thought was pretty interesting, and it was if Alex Smith wants to play again, there would be teams interested in him besides Washington. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I'd, I'd like Alex Smith. I think uh, that there's a there's a chance he plays somewhere else. If, if Washington does let him walk, which is probably going to be the case, I think. That's what this but, means. Uh, this, know, this move kind of means that. I Alex like Heineken too, though. You know, I thought he was pretty good. I thought you guys had a solid shot in the playoffs with him. You know, he could have surprised you guys and, and made it. If he had beaten Tampa, you know, he would have, I think, probably gone a little further. It would have gone Y'all yeah, would have gone to Super Bowl, maybe. maybe <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the fact that they were even talking about this is incredible. So uh, another thing I read about Heineke is uh, the big question mark on him has been durability. And he's kind of a small guy. And he said that part of the problem with durability for a guy like him, you know, undrafted practice squad guy, is that when he plays, he has to put it all on the line. As we saw in that game against Tampa where he got beat up, but he was coming right back and whipping that, that rock. Uh, so he, you know, I thought it was interesting. His comment was basically, basically saying, if I, if I'm given a stable opportunity, I'm not going to be, you know, putting my body on the line every he single day. He has job day. security. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so I, I thought that was uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, hopefully he can figure it out. The reason that he was such a fan favorite and, you know, Patrick Mahomes and everyone across the league is talking about Taylor Heineke as one of the greats is because he played with his hair on fire in that game. And he put on a show, um, but he paid the price. Was it a, a separated shoulder or something like that? Um, I hope that if he's not playing like that, that he's still worthy of a, a starting spot. Um, but, you know, I'm, I think he has a good chance of figuring it out. He seems like a smart guy. Uh, when he got the call from Washington last year, he was, you know, in school for a mathematics degree. So he's got to have a good head on his shoulders. Um, so hopefully he can figure it out. Yeah. Uh, I hope that – so this area, Washington fans, you know, we fall in love with the backup quarterback. That is our favorite thing to do. I mean, we wake up, we brush our teeth, and then we go look for, like, what's the latest news on our backup quarterback. We're just ready to be let down by the starter already. So – I, I'm with Chris where I hope they go into a camp and there's competition. Maybe there's a rookie QB, a high prospect, Heineke, and maybe Kyle Allen, or I don't know, maybe something happens where we get Sam Darno or something, but I do like the competition. Uh, and I just, I guess we got to hope that Ron, you know, solidifies who the, who the guy is. And it's not like, is it Alex? Is it Dwayne? Is it Kyle? And, and yeah, that's, I'm just tired of that. I miss Kirk Cousins, the backup <laughs> quarterback. I was thinking about that the other day, how much we might kill right now for a guy like Kirk Cousins who's going to go out there and he's going to throw for 300 yards and he'll make some risky plays, but he, he gives you a chance to win every game he's in. He'll lose a game or two for you, but he at least puts the offense in a position to succeed and what we were never able to give him as a team, I say we, you know, because sports fans are the team. We were never able to give him a solid defense to back him up. So it's just funny that a couple of years ago, we, we were ready to see this guy get run out of town, or at least a lot of people were, and now kind of longing for him back. <laughs> if you're out there listening, Kirk, we'll, we'll take you. I think he wants to come back. Kurt wants nothing to do with us. Yeah, probably not. People in DC call him Kurt for the longest. I think I actually just called him Kurt just now. I, I, <laughs> I've never done that before. It's worse than when uh, when Dusty Baker was signed, and the first time he mentioned Bryce Harper in, in an interview, he called him Bruce. <laughs> Bruce Harper. Bruce Harper. So I mean, just as we're talking about you know, Kirk and, and a guy who stood his ground and uh, pretty much demanded, you know, top dollar year in, year out and always got it. Uh, now we're seeing some things happening in Houston, right? With Deshaun requesting a trade, the team, the organization saying it's not going to happen. And then you have the news that came out, I believe yesterday, right? That JJ Watt requested to be released so that he has a shot at uh, kind of picking and choosing his team really a, a month before free agency even starts. Um, 
and they did him that huge favor in giving him that opportunity and they released him like under no condition with nothing in return, no compensation, draft pick, nothing like that. What, what are we thinking about that, guys? I have some, some pretty strong thoughts on, on this one. I, I've seen the pundits today trying to tie these two situations together and say that, well, they treated JJ this way, but they don't treat Deshaun this way. There's a disconnect there. And, and a lot of people are looking at that and saying, like, there's something wrong in there. Some people are pulling the race card with that. But when you look at those two situations, they are, they're drastically different for the direction of the Houston Texans organization. J.J. Watt had a salary cap hit of $17 million next year. So as a fan of another team, one question to pose for yourself is, would you pay $17 million for J.J. Watt right now? Because that's what you have to do if you trade anything for him. So realistically, GMs know that there's not a lot of teams that are just going to take on a guy who's past his prime for that kind of money. He's going to go quickly because of who he is, but not not for $17 million with Deshaun Watson for them to ship him out and acquiesce to what he wants. The Houston Texans take on a ton of dead cap money for his signing bonus, for his guaranteed money. They're paying for him to play for another team if they trade him. So I really don't like when these situations get put next to each other and say, Oh, they treat one guy one way and one guy another, because when you look at what's best for the organization and, I think it's a terribly run organization, but they, they have a superstar in their quarterback. They know it. And why would they want to get rid of one of the top three guys in the position? Sure. Yeah. And um, I think that uh, besides, you know, what's best for the team, I think JJ Watts also just, I think he's chasing a ring. I think he, you know, he's what 33 now. Um, and the fact that they both mutually decided to, you know, cut ties, uh, you know, I, I think it's not about the money. I think for Watt, it's just, it's about the ring. And, you know, there's been a lot of rumors out there, you know, with different teams. Uh, and just for my opinion, I think one of the teams, I think one of them was the Browns. They've been talking about the Steelers uh, as potential landing spots. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to, goes to Tampa, uh, and joins, <laughs> joins Brady and try to get that ring. Stars. Yeah. I mean, it, it just seems that Tampa would be that team to pick up a JJ Watt. Uh, and we'll see, I mean, where he and lands. The Texans are 100% a dumpster fire right now. And I think this move, it's them trying to just get some, good juju some you know just they're trying to make a good natured move uh to show one of their their guys that they drafted jj watt you know for all that he's done in that community um to show that hey we are trying to hook jj watt up by you know getting on whatever team he wants and whatever team wants him and i you can respect that right i think in a vacuum it's a good move it makes sense financially uh but it is hard to ignore the elephant in the room, which is kind of what uh, what's happening with Deshaun, right? They could all just be also just be playing hardball. I mean, they can say whatever they want that they're not going to trade him, but 
I personally think, I think most people do, that it's in their best interest to trade him. Um, this team is a long way uh, from being a serious contender. They have, you know, a blue chip piece in Deshaun Watson, uh, who's also costing them a ton of money. If they know that they're a few years out, um, don't waste the last, you know, three, four years of his contract. Uh, cash it in now, get a, a ton of picks back, try and rebuild. Um, and I think it it is in their best interest to trade him. Um, I just think that they, they're not going to do what the Lions did and just say, hey, you know, where the Lions said, hey, me and Matt Stafford are parting ways. Like, everyone send us your offers. Because then you're not the other teams know they knew they didn't have to pry Matt Stafford away from the lions. They knew he was leaving anyway. They just had to beat the next best offer. It could just be that Houston's, you know, Houston doesn't want to go that route. Yeah. It, it looks like he might stay. I mean, it looks, I don't know. It's there. There's not a lot of noise right now, right. That, that some team is, is interested. I mean, there's teams where it makes sense, right? Like the Jets that I've mentioned, you know, before that they have all these assets that they can give up for this, you know, blue chip quarterback. But there's really nothing out of the Jets camp that's coming out into the media, at least, that shows that that's any serious. So I'm rooting for the guy to get out of there because I think he's electric. He's, he's fun to watch and he could uh, make a, a bad team, you know, a playoff contender such as the team that is in our city. I 100% agree. I think it's it's best for the league if one of the best quarterbacks in the game is not playing for such a terrible organization. I, I just have to pose the question of, if you're Deshaun Watson, why do you sign with the Houston Texans? Why do you, let me rephrase, why do you extend with the Houston Texans? Yeah, sure, they drafted you, but you know, you came out of the draft saying that you're the Michael Jordan of this draft, so you know there's going to be interest for you. You saw them trade away two first-round picks for Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills. You saw them trade DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson. You heard the owner's comments around kneeling for the anthem about the prisoners running the prison. None of this stuff was a surprise for you. So I understand that it it's a young guy with a lot of money put in front of him, but he could have gotten that anywhere, man. So I, I'm, I'm just perplexed as to why he, why he wanted to stay there in the first place. I agree with you uh, on all those points, but like you said, when you are in his position and somebody puts, you know, what was it? 135 million on the table, 73 guaranteed, up to 110 guaranteed after a certain point. You know, you're you're playing the most physical sport in the country, uh, possibly the world. You could get hurt at any time. You know, happened Alex Smith. Luckily, he was already resigned. But if in your you know your final year that happens, your career is over. You just missed out on 100 million dollars. So, and it's. I, you know, I see what you're saying, but if somebody put a hundred million dollars in front of you and said, you have to go play for the Texans, you would, you would probably do it. And they get, they get first dibs as having drafted him, you know, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I, but it's like, 
it's like in most sports, the team that drafts you gets first dibs. They're talking to you about extensions from the moment you're drafted, right. you know, years in advance, that stuff being negotiated, looked at. Deshaun's, you know, if you guys haven't looked into it, it's really awesome what he does in, in, in Houston in that community. Uh, you know, that's a human being that's, you know, building ties and relationships there. Um, I think in hindsight, it looks so bad. Like, man, Houston was a dumpster fire. How did how does a guy like that not see that and just decide to decline the the offer? Um, but you could say back then it's ownership telling him, hey, we're going to get you a left tackle, an elite left tackle in Tunsil. We're going to get you a running game with David Johnson. We believe in him. And, you know, we're going to get you Kenny Stills and whatnot. We're going to, uh, you know, kind of mortgage our future for now. And it just didn't end up working out at all. Yeah. Um, but we don't, we, you know, maybe in that room, he was optimistic about where the team was going at that time. And, and oh. yeah, go ahead, Chris. I'm about, all right. Yeah. So yeah, whether or not Sean stays or leaves in, in your guys' opinions, what do you think, which team makes the most sense for him to go to if he, if he does leave? I think we said that in our uh, in our first episode. I think right. We, I think we each had had like a prediction. Uh, I think it was like Dolphins. It was Jets. Someone may have said Washington. The Colts. I say Carolina. Carolina yeah, was the Carolina. dark horse. I like that one. Yeah. Colts make a ton of sense. They're a QB away. They have. Uh, I think their their uh, total payroll right now sits at like sixty eight million. They could. They could get him, they could, and then they could sign another two huge free agents and right. make make a play for it. They looked really good with Philip Rivers uh, in that playoff game. They have, they have a solid defense. You know, they can go yeah. with the right quarterback. They can go all the way. But what are the chances the Texans ship their guy like trading and to like goals. their rival? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like know. Lamar it's Jackson a... going to uh, Steelers. <laughs> We, we've just been talking about how terribly run an organization Houston is. Maybe they forget that the Colts are in the same <laughs> and they just ship them off to Indy. There's, there's a team in Indianapolis? <laughs> you mean in the Annapolis? Like Brady's fourth down call. Forgot all about it. I thought that's where the combine was and that's it. They probably oh. think it's just them and the Titans. There's no way that they remember the Jags if they if they don't remember the Colts. Not a lot of people do. I don't think people in Jacksonville remember the Jags. <laughs> Actually, should we shift gears to the to Jacksonville talking about what's going on there? What is going on there? Can somebody give a quick summary? I saw a, a picture out on our thread today, but I'm I'm kind of out of what's there's happening. a there's a coach. Philson. So Already, Urban Meyer kind of has a kind of ugly history of being surrounded by questionable, questionable characters. And uh, there's a, a coach, I think he's like a strength coach or something like that, uh, who was, um, uh, he was let go by Iowa, a college football team. He was given this like crazy, like severance package to just leave. And it was after it came out like publicly that he was just had all these nasty, like racist remarks and treated black players like really poorly. Um, so 
you would think this guy's never going to be a strength coach again for any like major football team. And then urban Meyer comes out and hires him. And uh, it just starts to raise a lot of red flags. And I believe it was already a red flag that urban Meyer was hired by Jacksonville without them following the Rooney rule, which is to, you know, give minority coaches a shot. It's just a bad situation. And I mean, some pretty major institutions are coming out already and, and saying, you know, this is this is completely unacceptable. I think what may be happening is Jacksonville sees what's going on in Houston, and they're not going to be outdone to be the worst team in the league <laughs> to, get, to get around this and to uh, to get that trophy back. That trophy. We should have a, a trophy for the worst player in our fantasy football league. A little one, just like a little like go, like a golden frozen turd or something like that. Get a little golden toilet trophy. <laughs> Sounds right up your your alley, Los. Yeah, See if you can figure that out. Got a plastic Super Bowl ring. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean that that sounds like an awful situation, and for a, that's the workforce is seventy percent at least African American. How do you? How does a new coach? bring on a guy like that and expect the locker room to, to embrace and they, they, the strength coach to the guy who brought him in, Urban Meyer. They asked him in the, they asked Urban Meyer in a, like a Zoom conference call and, and they're like, so what's up with this hire? And he's just like, well, I've known the guy for 20 years. We've, we did some really thorough vetting. And it's like, if you did thorough vetting from what it sounds like, you, you know what's happened and you just don't care. The dude was uh, has you know a lot of accolades as far as being an exceptional coach. So maybe there's some things we don't know, but uh, on the surface it looks looks pretty bad. I think he's also just kind of used to to running the show without being questioned. Um, you know, no matter how how big of a program Alabama is, it I don't think the the media attention um, or the expectation from fans is ever going to compare to any team in the NFL. Um, he, he can't just, you know, he can't do what he wants without being questioned. He's not the, you know, judge, jury, and executioner like he was in Alabama. Right. Welcome to the fucking show. So there's uh, there's the Deshaun stuff. There's, uh, you know, where it, there's a lot in this offseason that's kind of uh, touching on management decisions, mostly around Deshaun Watson, but a little bit about, you know, what the Rams are doing, the Lions. Uh, just a lot of turnover in a lot of, of these franchises. There was uh, an interview with uh, Russell Wilson that I thought was was cool. He uh, and he's asked about, you know, are you really on the market? I mean, it's Russell Wilson. He's probably a top five QB, if not like number two, number three, and uh, you know, Super Bowl winning quarterback. And and he's like, you know, to my knowledge, I'm not on the market. But you know what? Like it's. He's like, if I'm not on the market and going to another team, like I need some help. I've been hit like 500 times a year. And, uh, and then I think he, he goes on to say that, you know, it's like, why as an elite level quarterback, am I not, why do I not have a table? Sorry, a seat at the table with upper management. 
you know, to help make decisions. If I'm supposed to be the quarterback, the field manager, uh, we should be involved in, I don't know whether he's talking about like picking players in the draft, adding guys from free agency and whatnot, but how do you guys feel about that? Um, I think right now there's a kind of a growing trend in the NFL where, where players are, it's moving toward that, that NBA culture where um, players can just decide that they don't want to be there anymore. They can, you know, he wants the LeBron James treatment where he can, you know, he's the best player. He's the coach. He's the GM. Um, I think he sees that a little bit in Tom uh, when, you know, with, with the Bucks in October, when Tom goes to, goes to ownership and says, I want to get AB, you know, let's get him. I'll take care of him. I'll, I'll take Wrong. him under my wing. They're like, go for it. I mean, he has, he has that pull. Um, Russell definitely wants that. And it was pretty shocking to hear because um, he's been kind of mocked in the past for being uh, such a company guy. You know, the like ending every interview, go Hawks and everything. He's all about, you know, camaraderie and the locker room and all that. And uh, I mean, I thought he was he was pretty polite. He didn't he didn't go off the rails or anything, but it was shocking, you know, from what we're used to seeing with with Russ. Um, he's got to be pretty upset. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Mike, on everything you said. I think what he's. He wants a say in who he can bring onto onto the team because I know I read this thing uh, early on that it said he wanted AB to come to Seattle and we obviously know he didn't get what he wanted um, and AB ended up signing with the Bucks. You know, would that changed anything? Maybe you know, but we'll never know. We know AB won the Super Bowl. Pirates needs the left tackle. Yeah, that'd be key. I think that's what really separates a, a good organization from a great organization, though. The, the whole purpose is that Russell is supposed to be going out and focusing on playing quarterback, and he's supposed to know the playbook, know exactly what his receivers are going to be doing on every play. The, the way that it's structured is he shouldn't be worrying about the personnel because there's somebody who's one of the best 32 people in the world at picking who's going to be on an NFL roster. And it's, it's what's made the Patriots such a great dynasty for the last 20 years is they've had talent evaluators. They've had scouts top to bottom in that organization. They bring guys on at the right time. They trade guys at the right time. So I, I think really his comments are, are just a lot of frustration that it's not meshing and it's not working well together. But I don't know where you draw the line with that because the whole it, it all can't work together unless your whole organization from top to bottom is cohesive. And like he, he can't just take on, and I don't mean Russell in particular, quarterbacks can't just, they can't do everything. They need to trust the guys around them. They need to trust the receivers that are going to catch the ball. They need to trust that their head coach is going to run the ball on the two-yard line when you have the best running back in the game. They need to trust that the GM is going to be putting the best guys on the field next to them. So I'm, I hear what he's saying and I hear his frustration, but I, I don't really think it's it's reasonable for quarterbacks to be as involved as he might want to be. I, uh, I agree with Andrew. Um, I'm on the same boat as Andrew where um, I just don't think that a quarterback should be in a position to make decisions that can affect years, you know? Uh, I mean, when you bring in a guy, you, you know, you don't bring him in for a couple, couple of years, you bring him in for, you know, three, four years. Uh, 
And for a quarterback to be making that decision, I think there's a conflict of interest there. Um, and, uh, you know, I understand there's a lot of frustration about getting hit and stuff like that. Um, but it's not like the Seahawks haven't attempted to bring guys. Um, I, I was looking at, you know, the current lineup and almost every single lineman was drafted, you know, top three, uh, you know, top three rounds uh, in the, in the past, they've had, you know, Russell Kong, they've had, they've had studs on the line. Um, I they think it's more, to... yeah, yeah, they've made trades. They've attempted to protect Russell Wilson. Um, I think it's, it's more, uh, you know, receivers It's the way they, they, you know, the plays that they draw up, they take too long to develop. Uh, and so Russell has to always get out the pocket to, you know, to just, you know, make a pass. Uh, so I think it's it's more than just the line. I think it's more, uh, you know, the way they draw the plays and stuff. Uh, they got, what, Tyler Lockett going, you know, just running straight down the sidelines. And now they have another guy uh, in, um, what's his name? Yeah. Metcalf. DJ. Yeah, Metcalf. Metcalf. Yeah, Metcalf. You know, doing the same thing. Um, they need somebody that can catch those balls in the middle of the field, a tight end, a stud tight end or something. I don't know. Uh, but it's yeah, that's my team. Yeah. So like with, uh, with Deshaun, I mean, the, the initial report, I, I remember coming out, it was, he was, I guess, promised that, Hey, this off season, you're going to, you're going to have a seat at the table and you're going to help us rebuild this organization. And then like a couple of weeks went by and they didn't, they didn't hit him up at all about like the coaching hires and who was going to be leaving and coming. And it was, it was just a, a nightmare. But with, uh, with Russell, it's, I agree. It's, it's, it looks like the scheme from our point of, from our point of view, I feel like where, you know, that run game is, is not very consistent and you have, you're relying on DK and, and Lockett to go, you know, make these huge plays down the field um so i i don't know Shit, i'll i'll take him here in washington <laughs> <laughs> i had seen rumors about him going to the jets everyone's going to the jets around. everyone is getting traded to the jets they're gonna run to sean system and uh, yeah and going back uh i mean even i was looking at the cap space there's just the seahawks just they don't have they just can't make moves and i don't know where what what russell's trying to what what he wants the Seahawks to I just I don't know they would have to cut Tyler Lockett to make some cat space I mean they would have to make a really serious move to pick up some big decisions uh, coming up yeah a Brandon Scherf or uh you know uh Joe Tooney like they would have to pull some strings to get a a good uh you know lineman right So. so guys we're wrapping up but uh I would be behest if I did not mention a dare or a bet that someone lost. Yes. Uh, <laughs> when are we going to see that thing go? Man? I was one of, I was one of those fools that betted against Brady. Uh, like, like, like Clacky said, you never bet against Brady. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's going tonight. So next, next show. Yeah. Tune in to so the next show. Dash. 30 seconds. Might as well just start it now. If we had time, I would do it now.
Uh, all right, fuck it. All right, we got 30 seconds. Let's go. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, let's go. Run. Oh, snap. Here we oh, go. snap. This Here is going to get us. Nose off. This is going to get us to a million views, guys. Oh! <laughs> He's... <laughs> Thank you, Tom Brady, for this moment. Thank you, Tom Brady. (laughs)